Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is awesome. If you're on the way to a race, good luck. Uh, first things first, a couple things you can do for me. If you're on an Apple or iOS device on Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. Five stars always helps, and if you add a little bit of text, that really helps. Um, just helps us stand out and get noticed a little bit more. The next thing, make, your, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. It'll make sure that you don't miss an episode. Today's show is the best. Today's show is brought to you, first and foremost, by Supergrip ATV. Uh, Supergrip ATV, I'm going to give a little testimonial here. I went riding this weekend after not riding for about a month. Um, my tires in my garage, just call it what it is, they, they lost a little bit of air. So I ended up airing three out of the four tires up on my rig. And uh, that, that fourth tire, um, to, to circumvent the story a little bit here, um, did not have as much air in it as I thought. The cool thing about the Kevlar and the super strong sidewalls is that uh, they, they look really, it looks like it has more air because the, the sidewall is actually holding the vehicle up. It's such a strong, durable tire. Um, get it into the rocks, got it in a, between a rock and a hard place and another sharp rock. And I find out very quickly that that tire probably has about two, maybe three pounds of PSI in there. I got that tire so bent up and torn, and I thought I was going to get a pinch in the bead. And I mean, I was barely, I was riding on the wheel, basically. Um, I thought I had trashed the tire, and I was personally had already told myself, okay, you lost the front one. You know, make it where the rear doesn't have the same fate. I was already decided. I lost the first tire. Just don't lose the second one. So I did everything I could. Exact same story with the rear tire. Um, thought I had lost it. So end up hobbling it back to the trail. I borrow a buddy's compressor. Next thing I know that this Super Grip ATV K9 tire with Kevlar in it, that's a big distinction here, um, airs back up after being just ravaged and pinched and all kinds of messed up. Airs it back up, about 10, 12 pounds back in it, and it's still holding about 10 pounds as of today. I really can't say that I would ever expect a tire to uh, live during that abuse. So just another testament of how much I believe in those tires. Um, pretty much ran it through flat on some of the most gnarly hill, sharp rocks, bad situation I got myself into. Um, just, a, just a rough spot, and those tires really shined. So... Very glad to have those guys, and also very glad to be promoting a product that kicks ass. So, that being said, the next sponsor is DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, DinoJet has something that's really cool. They have a Power Vision tuner. Now, this tuner is applicable to UTVs, Sea-Doo's, jet skis, motorcycles, trucks, uh, dirt bikes, everything that you can think of. UTVs, obviously. Um, the Power Vision is a powerhouse fuel tuner made to optimize your power for more speed on the racetrack, better fuel efficiency on your commute. There's your truck application. The Power Vision is able to hold multiple tunes at one time. So a lot of times, aftermarket assassins, uh, you know, a, a Beekman performance. A lot of these guys, they will actually um, use this Power Vision to to basically install their own tune. So every time you buy a tune from Aftermarket Assassins or something like that, the DynaJet PowerVision 3 is the delivery mechanism. I bought mine directly from DynaJet and it came preloaded with their tunes for my manufacturer uh, manufactured 
exhaust. It was great. Helped me fix some shift points. A lot more pep in my step. I'm very, very, very glad to have Dynojet on board. Um, I purchased the Dynojet Stage 2 kit, which comes with the PowerVision 3 tuner. It also comes with a clutch kit. Uh, that was an excellent choice to go ahead and knock both of those things out at one time. Really don't regret that at all. Roadside changes are a snap because it can help, it can hold multiple tunes and it can also monitor and track your progress to really get your engine roaring. So really great to have those guys. Dinojet Research Inc. on Facebook, Dinojet Research on Instagram, and Dinojet.com. Third is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Uh, Chris is actually at the Ultra 4 race this weekend and we are so stoked because he's there for your last minute needs. If you need uh, some valving change, if you need some tuning change, if you need an emergency shock servicing, something bad happens, I would argue that Chris even may have some on-hand inventory or have a way to get you a shock in the event of a worst case scenario. But if you're still looking for tuning, if you're still looking for servicing, anything last minute, uh, outside the shocks, inside the shocks, um, and even not related to the shocks, Chris is on site at a little venue just outside AOP. I mean, I say just outside. It's like right next to the uh, parking lot. So he's right there ready to go if you're headed to the race this weekend. I highly recommend if you run into any kind of issues or you need any parts, tools, anything like that, go bother Chris. Tell him Racing on the Rock sent you. He'll appreciate that. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is actually working on a set of shocks for my Razor right now. Um, he needed some time to do some R&D and kind of just get in there and, and really get the guts of those things and, and, and get his hands on them. Uh, so I sent him a, a set of shocks, and he's been working on those. He's now built the tools to get them all apart, to do everything that he needs to do to them. Uh, it's really great. I can't wait to get those shocks back from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop because I know that they're going to be unparalleled and they're going to be so much better than what I'm currently running right now. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, next is All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV, dude, Dustin Robbins is the man. He's recently just jumped into the X3 short course stuff. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to Dustin this weekend as you're going out. Dustin, if you're listening, have a great race, man. Uh, but... He owns allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. This is pretty much your one-stop shop for everything hard parts on your on your UTV. Um, one thing that's super great is the Razor Aid Tender Springs uh, and the Tender Spring upgrades for all the cars, specifically the Razors. What it does is the top spring that's completely collapsed on your machine as of right now. Dustin at All Things UTV makes an aftermarket setup that actually turns your Razor suspension into a dual rate system. Very, very, very huge upgrade to the stocks of springs. Um, if you go and, and you know you had 500 bucks to make an adjustment, you know outside of safety measurements, I'm going to tell you that this is the very first thing that you should do. Also, some inner fender liners. Basically, the the piece of plastic that is in front of your feet on your UTV. Um, it's just plastic. So if you're going pretty fast and you have a sharp branch come through, that sharp branch is going to come through and hit you in the legs. Dustin makes um, steel inner fender liners that are completely molded, welded, and perfectly fit to line the inside of those wheel wells to keep you safe from incoming debris. I have those on my machine as well as the tender springs, both adjustments or both are upgrades I will always have on my machines just because of how amazing they are. 
Really have nothing but positive things to say about those and all the interactions I have with all things UTV. Super dude, super company. Really glad to have those guys on board. And last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is your one-stop shop for lighting, whether it be UTVs, Jeeps, trucks, uh, rock lights, LED lighting, everything you can think of. They have a 25-year, you break it, they replace it, unavoidable warranty. Absolutely amazing. Uh, they are experiencing a slight delay on sometimes uh, due to the component supply related to the COVID-19. But I'll tell you this. I ordered some parts here recently. Uh, I was able to go actually to his house and pick him up in just a couple of days. Uh, he's getting the turnaround as fast as he can. Things that are really, really cool are the infinite off-road rock light kits. They're the only rock light kit on the entire market that actually includes a dedicated white LED that, that, that doesn't combine colors to make white. Uh, it's kind of bonkers that that's not already like everywhere, but this just shows you how superior Infinite Off-Road is. He also has whips, wheel rings, light bars, light pods, wiring, and power controllers for your UTV, Jeep, and truck applications. InfiniteOffRoad.com, Infinite Off-Road on Facebook and Instagram. He's such a believer in the show that he gives everybody 10% off. Code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S at checkout. will get you 10% off the entire website. Okay, guys. Jordan Pellegrino's the dude. He is awesome. He's got a one-of-a-kind car. It is essentially a Razor XP 1000 on portals, and it's full-size. He has taken the next level of engineering and, and just made a really awesome car. Uh, we talk about KOH, but we also talk about what his business, uh, his family business, Genrite, if you're from the Jeep world, um, what they've been doing during the shutdown, and also we talk about some 124th scale racing uh, in, in an event he called COVID Nationals. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Pellegrino. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Boom. We're live. <laughs> Jordan Pellegrino, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad, man. Just uh, trying to stay corona-free and stay busy around here. How hot is it where you are? Because it's like 96 at my house with a 70% humidity. I was going to say, you guys have a lot of humidity, though. It's, yeah. uh, I don't know, it's probably 80, 85 today. Okay. Uh, here in the shop is, especially toward the end of the day, the sun starts going over and it starts coming in the bay door. And it yeah. just, it totally bakes in here. It's usually not bad till like noon. And then noon to like five or six is just hotter than hell in here. Now, you guys are welding in there, too. Like, how? Oh, yeah they're like just welding stuff out how hot yeah. is it on like a normal day and then how hot is it on a hot day when you're doing that it dude it really depends so we have a big uh we have a big ceiling fan in the shop too so that helps pull a lot of air and heat in the shop out um but i mean right now uh one of our main guys is assembling all the jl prototype elite suspension yes so he's so he's doing all that right next to my bay where I work on the race car. So it's yeah. just hotter than hell right there. Yeah, man. Uh, so first things first, obviously we are in some super weird times. So um, how has the business been? How's Genrite doing? Like I, everyone has seen this crazy sales boom while everyone's been like forced to be at home. Are you guys yeah. experiencing the same thing? 
It's the same thing for us, man. It's been production, the actual generate business itself has been booming um, since all this happened. Everyone's stuck at home and got nothing to do other than work on their Jeep, you know? Now, let me ask you this, because I used to be in the Jeep world. You guys almost, you know, you guys are almost like order to build type situation. Yeah. How has that affected like your guys' work staff, things like that? Because this isn't something where, you know, you guys have a hundred bumpers or a hundred sliders already just sitting there. You guys pretty yeah. much make them right then and there. We, we pretty much, we, um, we have, I think we have about a million dollars in inventory sitting on the shelf at all times. Um, so we, we pretty much have, you know, uh, especially the top products will have 30 of those tanks sitting on the shelf, 30 of those rock sliders, 30 of those bumpers, fenders, whatever. Um, and then obviously depending on the, um, pri- I don't want to say priority of the product, but based on how much it sells per month, we'll have less or more of this or that, you know? So yeah. uh, but we, we do stock a lot of stuff on the shelf, mm-hmm. but if we see a wave or a big order come through, the production guys will focus on building more of those to replenish the stock. So uh, let me ask so, this because, yeah. uh, I was in the JK era of Jeeps, um, yeah. The JL is out from an off-road perspective. I mean, obviously it looks like they dumped a huge amount of resources into like creature comforts, but the off-road perspective, um, did anything change? I mean, everything looks to be mostly the same. It's, it's very similar, but very different. You're talking JL to JK. Yeah. It's very similar, but very different. Um, everything is computerized, which is kind of a catch 22, you know, it's, it's great when you leave it stock and it's very comfortable and everything's very functional. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of creature comforts, but as soon as you put bigger tires on it or uh, lift it, whatever, you know, everything starts, ABS goes off the steering. Like, I don't know if you know this, but the new JL and the JT, the gladiator, mm-hmm. they don't even have a linkage connecting the steering wheel to the, the gearbox. It's all computerized. Everything. The steering is electronic. Everything is electronic. So, you put bigger tires on it, all of a sudden the thing starts freaking out. Like I, I've actually wheeled one up in Big Bear right when they came out. Um, the Rockstar Garage guys built a JL for, I think it was the Skosh, the Skosh JL. Mm-hmm. And we were up in Big Bear, I think it was John Bull or something. And there was a pretty risky spot, you know, um, and the owner like wasn't comfortable wheeling it through it. So I jumped in it. And I went to go down because he was like, dude, like it'll just stop steering and then the brakes don't work. And I'm like, no, dude, like you're just not driving it right. Yeah. I jumped in it to wheel this one spot and sure as shit, dude, like it, I got all flexed up and twisted Mm -hmm. up and then it wouldn't steer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And the thing was on like 37s and uh, it was, it was pretty mildly built stock axles, stock everything. But dude, like literally I got in, I got all flexed up and in a, in a little bind and I went to back up and it wouldn't even like, wouldn't, I couldn't steer. That so it was I was weird. I was like, dude, I've never felt anything like this. This is so I mean, weird. To me, that is like so I don't know. I didn't know that. That yeah. is enough for me to reconsider. Like I want I was thinking about getting the JT. The gladiators are awesome. They I really feel like they did a good job um by actually making a truck integrated into the Jeep. I that yeah. makes me not want to buy one because the second you tell me like, hey, my brakes don't work and I can't steer, tells me. I don't want my kids in here. Like I don't want to be in here, let alone put it in an off-road situation. But like I throw forties, you know, you have the generic guy who 
you know, any, let's think, let's take like a football player from the NFL. They always go by JT, JL. They'll just stick 38s or 40s and like 22 inch rims. And yeah. like, what happens when they get in a wreck? I mean, exactly. is that what it takes? Yeah. Well, and like, obviously, like I was saying, like on road and mild off road, you'll be fine. Okay. You know, it's when you, it's when you really put the system in a bind or okay. uh, all flexed out. And, okay. you know, it's, it's basically like driving a, a hydraulic system down the road versus, with the tires all torqued up against a rock and you're trying to cram the wheel to, mm -hmm. to get it backed up and put like, you're putting a lot more pressure through the system yeah. versus you're just driving down the street. You know, it's, yeah. it's doing the same thing to the electronic system, but I, it's just, it's freaking out the electronic system so oh, much weird. that it, it doesn't know what to do, you know? So, so it's, it's a, I don't know. It, it's a very nice vehicle. They're very well built mm -hmm. and, I love all the creature comforts that they come with. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're going to be that guy that puts 40s on it and really plans on wheeling it, you're going to need to also be the guy that rips out all the factory wiring, all the factory ABS, all that junk, put real power steering on it, you know, like do it the right way yeah. in order for it to really work. You know, interesting. It seems like the more as, as time goes on, for you to make a rig, I mean, obviously it's the old thing, like, oh, cars are going computer, no one can work on them anymore. But the fact you'd have to rip it, like, I mean, the steering system, you'd have to just yeah. rip it out and start from scratch, essentially. Yeah. That's a pretty, uh, it's pretty big. That's pretty it's a big. tall task, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let me ask you this, because it's just coming to my brain, I'll forget it, yeah. I'll mention it now. Uh, you have, you know, CJs, CJ7, 8, 5, all the willies, YJ, TJ, JK, JL, if you had to build one today that is built for dual purpose, what kind of, what model of Jeep are you going to buy? I would probably build an LJ. Ooh. I would probably build an LJ. I love LJs. They're, they're just perfect for uh, what we're doing. You know, like obviously I wouldn't just wheel it around malls and stuff. Like yeah, I would absolutely. hammers. I would, I would beat it down, you know, so dual purpose. I think I would be between uh, LJ and a four door JK, mm -hmm. but the frame is a little bit thinner on the JK. You know, the body's a lot thinner on a JK. Yes, it is. So as far as durability mm -hmm. and it lasting a long time, I would probably stick with LJ. Yeah. Um, you know, but if I'm trying to throw more people in it comfortably and stuff, I'd probably go JK. You know, it's funny. I don't even, I didn't even mention LJ in my list there because it's such like a forgotten vehicle. I, it I, is. I know. see one like drive down the road and especially if it's a Rubicon, I'm just like, Whoa, that's yeah. so rare. Like yeah. that is, it's, why did Jeep not continue that pattern? I know that they would essentially be splitting hairs between the two door and the four door, but why not just make the two door an LJ? I, I really don't. I mean, doesn't seem like that much heavier of a lift. Yeah, I I don't know, but I I love the LJ. I think it's mm -hmm. it's it's set up to be the perfect build. You know, it's already got the right wheelbase. You know, it's already got room for the bigger tires. Um, it's already got room for the stretch. It's mm -hmm. it's got all the right components. You know, whereas a TJ. You want to get it closer to the right wheelbase. You gotta, gotta do a lot. Uh, you know, you gotta blow out the back of the tub and comp cut it. You know, and it's just it. It's 
it's um it's just not the right look you know yeah let me let me show everybody really quick here uh what we're talking about because uh, that's one of y'all's builds right yeah yeah okay that right there is the definition of a good looking jeep <laughs> not only that but like when you look at it everything looks great but also yeah. i mean i can tell you right now that how well that thing performs just because of you know the part choices that are there yeah yeah, so I think that that's really, really cool. Uh, and again, I would agree with you. That's probably uh, the best dual purpose rig that's ever been made. Totally. Now, that leads yeah. me to a different question. Uh, what do you think about the Bronco? The new Bronco is interesting. I I watched the video when it came out, um, the release video. I think they're, I think they're definitely onto something. I like it. But I want to see one in person before I make any final, um, you know, like what are, thought. What are, your, what are your reservations? Why, why are you hesitant? Let me ask that. Um, again, it depends on what you're trying to do with it. Sure. I personally, as you know, am totally a fan of IFS. So I think yeah. that's cool that it came with IFS. But on the other side, if they're trying to compete – directly with the jeep jl and jk and all that stuff which it's very clear that they are yes i think that they're gonna miss a big portion of the serious off-road market by not going solid axle front i would agree with you i think that uh like to me that that car in in you know let's say 10 years okay so the car comes out 10 years later it's finally a car people would feel comfortable taking off-road yeah. you, you miss a lot with the IFS front, uh, just as the everyday man, because the everyday man can really manage a solid axle a lot better. I mean, for, yeah. for cost of parts, maintenance, everything, you name it, um, that solid axle 10 years down the road, that's, there's worth there. Whereas, yeah. you know, a Tacoma with IFS front suspension, solid axle swap is your first thing you're going to have to do. Exactly. If you're really going to wheel it, you know, yeah, agreed, agreed. So I think for the hardcore guys, I don't know. Again, it's too early to really say, you know, the hardcore guys might turn it into something a lot better than it maybe seems right now. Sure. Um, they might build it a lot better than I feel like it can be built at this point. Sure. And maybe it will be a heavy competitor with a fully built JK or JL, you know, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it'll struggle fully yeah. built. You know, somebody's going to come out with the, heavy duty long travel kit for the front and mm -hmm. whatever trailing arm or whatever kit for the rear coilover kit. Mm -hmm. um, someone's going to do it and someone's going to try it and we'll see how it works, you know, but I, I don't know. I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see somebody finally giving Jeep a run for their money. Agreed. You now, know, think about Jeep's response of like hinting at that. Was it a three ninety two Hemi? I don't. I didn't. Look I saw it. that. Yeah, a V eight option in the new JL. I saw that. I that might be a game changer for some. That might be. I think that'll be definitely a game changer for some because you can buy a factory with a V eight. Like, who else can say that? Agreed. Agreed. Obviously, board's not able to say that. That's true. That's very true. So I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I, I like, I really think uh, 
it's so funny. I don't know what the movie is, but there's a scene where Hitler is like talking to his top people and someone had dubbed it over as Jeep having a meeting about the new Bronco release. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, I'll send it to you after this. It's, it's I haven't so seen funny. that. Yeah. Oh dude, it is so funny. Um, <laughs> it's essentially uh, when Hitler finds out that the allied, the allied forces are like going to crush him. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a depiction of that, but it's from Jeep's perspective. So very That's funny. Um, but man, your dad ran a JK in the 4400 class. Is that correct? At King of Hammer? He, did. he okay. ran his Jeep. So that alone is a huge testament to not only the parts you guys make, but to that JK platform. Oh, uh, I know that there was a gladiator that ran the Everyman Challenge. And for those who haven't seen it, you guys got to find a picture of that gladiator after the fact because it was beat up. And I don't even. I think that's the second year they've run it, right? They ran it last year. Yeah, it was last year, and this was the second year they ran it. Okay. Yeah. I think it finished the first year, and I don't even, I don't think it finished this year. Yeah, here's a, it's so funny, man. <laughs> Hang on, let's see if I can get this picture to load here. Uh, well, nope, it's taking me to YouTube. Anyways, uh, there's a nice picture. If you Google Jeep Gladiator Everyman Challenge, of it high centered. Yeah, it's like cross. it's like red and black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's awesome, man. So, okay, how did your King of Hammers experience go this year? Because I had you winning. You were you were two weeks out. I was like, I stamped my name right here. How, what, how did it go? What happened? This King of Hammers was. I had the highest highest of expectations, and the entire week was just about going as good as it possibly could have you know Mm -hmm. like we got there um you know i spent every waking second before we even left for the wake bed the the lake bed just making sure that the car was 100 percent dialed like there was nothing i was leaving on the table I was making sure everything got replaced, everything got put back together correctly, everything double, triple checked. Like there was not a single thing on my end left on the table, you know, like that car was ready to go win. Um, And we got out there, we tested. Uh, I think I ran like a hundred miles with the car and we got there. Um, We were having a weird issue with the uh, front diff cooling again, just out of the blue. I don't even know why uh, we changed some plumbing around and we got it to cool. So I wasn't, that was fine. Now, uh, you're diagnosing that. Is that something that like, was it burning or was there some kind of temperature gauge on there? How do you die? I have, I have temp gauges. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, so, so you take the smart approach to it. <laughs> yes. So I monitor all those temperatures and I spotted it when we were out testing and we, uh, I think it took us about a day to figure out, but, um, from the point of us getting there to the point of like, say qualifying, there was like five days. So we had plenty of time to like, you know, there's always stuff like that. Like people yeah. don't even realize, like you can spend all that time in the shop, but like when you go and show up to the race, like nine times out of 10, you're going to have something that needs work. Even once you get there, like, even if it's just minor little stuff or big stuff, you know, you never know, but yeah nothing ever shows up and it's absolutely perfect ready to go. Like it's, it's, it's rare. Sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, pre-running is, that's why you pre-run. You pre-run you get, pre-run, exactly. and get yourself ready. So it's, a, it, so it when, we, when we get to the race, you know, obviously when we 
flash back, you know, we, we run until about December mm-hmm. and then I park the car. We fully strip it down, like down to the wires, go through every single weld on the chassis. We take every, every single suspension part to get magged, check mm-hmm. for cracks. Um, if there's anything that's cracked, we take it back. We cut the welds out. We re-weld it. We send it back to mag. They check it again. Then once it's clear, we bring it back here again. We repaint it, redo whatever, um, put all fresh uniballs in, fresh rod ends everywhere. Like we are super meticulous. We replace every bolt, every nut. We cut brand new spare bolts, nuts. We keep spare bolts on the car. We cut spare bolts for the pits. Like we do every single thing. It, I mean, it's, it's like building four cars. Dude. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, so it's a massive crunch. You know, we send the transmission back, they tear it apart, redyno it. We, um, do compression check on the engine. We change every single engine filter. I have three engine filters. We check every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any metal shavings, then we dig deeper into it, figure out exactly where it came from. We'll send the oil to a lab that'll tell us what the metal is. So it'll tell us if it's uh, like rod bearings or main bearings, then we'll decide, okay, does the engine need to come out? Does it need to go get new bearings? Does it like, what does it need? Yeah. Um, we do, like I said, we do compression checks, make sure all the rings are good, make sure there's not a cylinder that's failing place all the spark plugs, build new spark plug wires. Like every single thing will get replaced. Um, and that is just how you have to do it in order to have the best shot at having a successful week and a successful race, you know? Um, and it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money, but why are you going to show up half prepared? Why, why even show up at that point? You know, it, it, the amount of money that it costs us just to show up to that race in this car is absolutely ridiculous. And the yeah. amount of money is absolutely ridiculous. So um, it's, you just gotta, it's just what you gotta do. You know, at this level, it's just what you gotta do. So you show up to the lake bed, you have a relatively good week. You hit relatively good good week. We qualify second. Yes. I was about to say, man, you qualify so well. I was, look, good. I was sitting on my couch and I was watching you go around. I think I even videotaped it. And put it on the Racing on the Rocks page. And I was just like, he has got it. It's the year. Okay. Dude. You qualify. We qualify, dude. I was, you know, what's funny about that is, uh, like, everyone was asking me, like, I, I kind of had a strategy going into qualifying, you know, like, sure. all right. Like, last year I started, uh, I think I started ninth. Mm-hmm. Our first year I raced this car. I think I started or qualified ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right. Like, that was a good spot to start you know like i typically like to be somewhere in the top 20 you know if i can be top 20 that's a good place to start um just because you're not behind too many people and the people Mm -hmm. you are behind are typically faster than you yeah um but you're you're kind of in the middle of the pack so you can kind of make up ground on those people in front of you Mm -hmm. at times you know and the pace is already set so you can you can watch dust in front of you and base your pace off of that dust. So yeah. I love starting top 20 for that reason. I was not expecting to lay down a second place run. Yeah. And I, 
did you watch the in-car video that I posted from qualifying? Yeah. So I don't know if you could tell, but I made a few mistakes on that run, like like timely mistakes. Like I missed one of my lines in that back sand wash mm-hmm. and it was too late to get over and I had to hit this like giant mound of dirt and I like I had to slam on the brakes like because if I had hit that thing on the gas I would have been completely on my lip like so I had to check way up roll over this big mound you know I probably lost three or four seconds Mm -hmm. roughly maybe maybe a little less I don't know but I lost time there um I had a good run up the hill good run back down around through the arch into the short course Mm -hmm. I thought the finish line was on the jump of that that t- that big yeah, tabletop. Yeah, finish yeah. Line. but it I goes thought, around. I thought the finish line was when you take off from the jump. Oh, so I, I hit the jump and I landed and just rolled like I just coasted on the landing. But apparently the land or the the actual finish line was like two hundred feet. Yeah. Path where you land. So I just like rolled through the finish line. I was like, well, fuck, nobody told me that. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I could have paid attention a little more and seen where that was, but I just didn't even, like, you're so in the moment there. Like, you just, that's not the kind of thing you're thinking about. And yeah. as soon as I landed and I was off the gas, I was like, oh no, the finish line's way up there. But literally, you're, you're like, I say coasting, but I was still going like 85 miles an hour. By the time I even, it registered. I was already through it, you right. know, so there's not really nothing I could have done, but I definitely lost a few seconds. I mean, Jason laid down an incredible run, so I got to give it to him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I was not even farther up because that was already nerve wracking enough being fourth off the line. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is uh, like I said, I did not plan on nor want to be that far ahead of, or, or that far ahead on the start in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more calm and comfortable being like mid pack. Yeah. I, yeah I, like, like I, 10 to 20, 10 to yeah, 20. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying because there's, there's something about, you know, having somebody push you from behind cause you got people in that, in the mix, but you also have like a good eye of, of, okay, I need to push this hard. Like yeah, catching dust. Yeah. I can like stay where I'm at or, wow, I'm falling back. I haven't seen dust in a while. Like I should step it up a little, you know, you have a good pace for, uh, or you have a good idea of what your pace is or where you're at. You know, it's really hard on race day with all of the, there's just so much going through your head. There's so much pressure on you. There's so much, um, going through your mind and what you're focused on doing is just driving, you know, and you, it's, it's extremely hard to follow the pace that you know the car will survive at, you know? Yeah. And I think – I don't I, – I honestly don't know what happened this year, dude. Like, I – I was I was driving my pace. Mm-hmm. I pre-run all year at that pace. I pre-run all year harder than that pace. And – I think what happened this year was just a completely fluke. I, it was weird, dude. Yeah. It was so, so for, for everybody listening, what actually ended up happening? So we had the um, the front upper front passenger upper arm 
basically separate from the chassis at the front mount. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as that arm rolled back, it broke the shock in half. And then, I mean, literally the whole like front end was like sitting yeah. in the dirt. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I can imagine. So let me ask you, did the bolt break or did like the whole tabs and everything come off? Uh, no, the, um, what happened was the, no, the tabs stay on the frame, the bolt sheared. Gotcha. Which was incredibly weird because everybody gotcha. runs five eighths bolts and nobody's ever. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I've had Cody uh, from Laser Nut on two or three times on the show now. And every single time I talk to him, he's like, "We're you know we were shearing bolts like crazy in in his in his IFS or independent car." And he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't know." And just time after time, he's like, "Yeah." I asked him the last time I talked to him, I was like, "Have you gotten the A arms to stay on?" And he's like, "We're good." He's like, "We've got it figured out." So um, I know that you guys will, you know. There's bugs that come with these things. Yeah. It's shitty that they happen on race day. <laughs> it is. And it's, dude, and it, it's, I was just killing myself sitting out there like, yeah. like, why? Why today? Like, yeah. why would this fluke thing happen today? Like, and dude, it's so, it's one thing when, because I've had plenty of King of the Hammers where, you like you make mistakes and you know that okay that was me i did that like that was i i see where i went wrong you know i see what happened and i'm learning from it it's it's even worse when you don't know why it happened when you did nothing wrong you didn't hit anything that would have made that happen like it's just that stuff like that goes through your head and you're just like dude i can't why why would that happen like i just can't figure it out yeah um, this was an open desert too, right? It was an open desert. Yeah. Um, just like we were I, I literally having videos a- of this car going so hard in the desert. So Dude. It, it, it's one of those things where like, I understand a very small degree of your frustration because I've seen how hard the car can be pushed. It is the fastest car. I, okay. I will... Dude, I, I don't, it's just so hard, you know, like I can, I'm not one of those people that'll just sit here and talk, talk the talk without walking the walk, you know, I'm not like when I believe in something like it's, it's true, you know, and it's unfortunate because I, I can't, I feel like I can't say that it's the fastest car because I haven't proved that yet, Sure, but I will. I, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I know you will too. That's, I don't that's, know when it's going to be, but I will. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what it is for, for a lot of us that have been in the sport for a long time, because a lot of the people that, that come in and want to chime in, especially on social media, they don't know their foot from their ass about anything in off-road. So they'll come out and, you know, if you have a break, if you have an off day or something like that, they'll come in. Oh man, you know, maybe the design was bad or you you did something wrong or this or that, but someone who can a, you know, think about things thoroughly. Uh, You guys are pushing the technology. You guys are the future of the technology. In my opinion, Um, you guys are the only people right now doing what you're doing with the car setup you have. Um, 
that's it, man. You like, in my opinion, the side by sides, they showed that it can work. You know, they showed that that structure works. And what you've done is you're the you're the industry leader in, in saying, okay, well, let's let's blow it up a little bit. Let's, let's do that with an old four. Yeah, exactly. You're there. You are like I. The reason I'm so passionate about it is because not only you know is the car awesome and and all that good stuff. You guys have the technology behind it, but um, you've got an awesome team. You've got awesome support. But it's it's stuff like this, man, where you're like, I know I have the fastest car, dude. All that's that's all it takes is because that mentality will get you to the point where you have the stage and have the podium to say, I have the fastest car now. Yeah. So and it'll happen. I uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I've had a lot of time with COVID to make a lot of changes. Yes, let's talk about so, it. So uh, we've made a lot of changes. So we we went out to the not race race. Thing that I'm sure you heard about. <laughs> that was so. That was my first time uh, with the car. Yeah. So okay. So let's let's just rewind from that. King of the Hammers, right? Yeah. Don't have the race we we're hoping for. Um, we come back, go back to the drawing board, figure out why did this happen. Like, is there something else going on that we're not aware of? Mm-hmm. Uh, what can we do to fix it? What can we do to prevent this from happening again? Um, so I made a lot of changes just to prevent that one thing from happening again. Um, so that's that's fixed. You know, whole new whole new upper arm setup. Cool. So way, way beefier. Um, I'm not going to say it won't happen again because anything can fall off at any point. But yeah. I think our odds of it falling off again are much lower now yeah i like uh, i like how you said that not impossible but much lower but like nothing that, is impossible i don't care what builder you are i don't care what you're building out of yeah. anything can fall off anything can rip off it's bound to happen you yeah. know you hit something the wrong way you toss it i don't care who you are you could be god anything's gonna fall off you know okay. so i think it's it it is it is a lot beefier now so that's okay. not as much of a concern anymore um so with that being said, um, I've made a lot of drivetrain and um, mo- mostly drivetrain upgrades. Um, I've been spending a lot of time with Quinn at 74 Weld. We're coming out. Uh, I don't want to say we. I'm not doing anything. But I'm just giving him my feedback. Uh, That's I just test all the parts for him. I don't do anything. Oh, that's really funny, actually. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time. I've been giving him a lot of feedback based on King of the Hammers, based on the Not Race Race. Um, and we're putting on a lot of new parts right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of new brake parts, which will improve the braking with the portals. Yeah. Uh, a lot of should help them stay sealed a little better. I was having some issues uh, at one point uh, with the gaskets between the two cases. Um Again, very minor things, but like just oil weeping out of the case, like not even dripping, just weeping, you know, when, when there's just, when you can just tell that there's a little patch of dirt yeah. stuck to it, like we're chasing issues like that at this point. So basically minimal stuff, but just that much more, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, I saw you were on the dyno quite a bit. I was on the dyno. Yeah. So again, yeah. We, went, we changed some motor stuff. We went yeah. back to the dyno. 
Um, the car did really good at Dino. Uh, it was actually less power than it was the first time we went and dynoed, and I was I could not figure out why we had less power than before. And I was like, dude, what is like nothing's different? What's different? So I'm just sitting there like trying to figure it out. And it was because I like right before we left the dyno, I was like, Chan, I figured it out. Like we changed gear sets between we had different gears the first time we dynoed versus this time. Everything else was exactly the same. In same the tire, same in the in the diffs. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So I think we were the very first time we dynoed, we were like a 389 gear set, and then we went to a 411. Okay. And we okay. had 411s last time we dynoed, which yeah. killed, it, it dropped like 20 horsepower. Again, nothing like, yeah. That's not that oh my God, why are we losing? Like nothing, you don't even notice it. But um, I, I just couldn't figure out why the number itself was so much lower. Uh, but we figured it out. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I thought something was wrong. I was like, is the yeah. motor going out? Like, what's going yeah. on? Do I to this thing? What's going on? But uh, so that's what we ended up figuring out. Um, but since then, I learned a lot. So I, I went to Dino. I didn't go to, like, change the tune. I went to Dino for two things. I went to Dino to improve the hot and cold starts. And I went to Dino to figure out why, basically to get answers. I wanted to figure out why I wasn't seeing the top speed across the lake beds that I wanted. Okay. Um, and what we learned was that I, I was like, is it aerodynamics? Is it like, what is it? Because I know right at like a hundred and I think it's a hundred and because since all this has been happening, I've done like a bunch of research on aerodynamics and I'm yeah. just like trying to figure out why, like <laughs> what is wrong? Like what is going on here? Yeah. Um, so I've figured out, I don't think it's the necessarily the aerodynamics of the car. I don't think that's helping. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think just the shape of the front end probably dropping five miles an hour. Um, but, the big oil cooler in our back window. That's not helping us. Yeah. That's a big wind sail. It's a big wind sail. Yeah. Um, that's not helping us. So I'm making a gear change right now. And I literally just got the parts I was picking up was the yeah. diff. I just, yeah. I just picked up the diffs um, with the gear change, some new parts in them. So I'm going to throw those back in. We're going to go test data log send that to my tuner, see what he thinks. Um, I, th the oil cooler in the window, I'm not as concerned about. I'm obviously everything needs to stay cool. That's, that's kind of a priority. Um, yeah, I want more top speed. Um, I want to be in the 130, 135 range across the lake beds. Damn dude, that's so fast. It's fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 105 right now. Dude, that, that is so fast. It is, but you gotta you when you get to those lake beds, dude. You that is the number one place to make passes. If you're eating someone's dust, yeah, whoops and stuff, and you can get to a lake bed and just outrun them, yeah, you're you're the man. You know, like 
what are they going to do? It's not like it's not like his car works better in the whoops and yours doesn't or whatever. You know, it's yeah. Um, it's it's all about top speed on lake beds, man. So if you can if you can make that one pass, that might make the race. You know, yeah, that might, that might like that's such a big thing in a lot of. I think I would say most old four cars are probably in the 120, maybe 125 range. Most there's yeah. some guys over, you know. Now, um, you, now you're telling me that like a like there's a there's a few bomber cars that are still running out there. There's a few of those solid axle cars that are you know hydraulic steering. Are they pushing? That's scary. Yes, those guys are also pushing. I think. I don't know if it's true. Live? <laughs> I don't know if it's true. I think it was last year. I think it was 2019 King of the Hammers. I don't know who I was talking to, but someone said that someone said that Eric Miller hit like 137 in his car on the lake bed out there that week. And I was like, dude, like that is so scary. Like yeah. The old car that I drove in, uh, or my dad's old car, that yeah. car does like 125. And dude, it is so sketchy um, at 125 miles an hour with that full hydraulic. Like, I, like, you are just begging, like, just sitting there praying, hoping that a line doesn't break or you don't catch a weird gust of wind. Yeah. Dude, there. Is like old hydraulic system is so unpredictable at high speed. It is so unpredictable. Like you'll literally be like, if there's a slight breeze, yeah, you'll literally be chasing the wheel, just trying like, just to keep the car going straight. It is so scary. I don't it like is it. So scary. <laughs> I don't like but, it. Uh, yeah. It's uh, but there are some fast solid axe cars. I know the, the bomber cars are fast. Yeah. Uh, Eric Miller's fast. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of the, Campbell chassis are all fast. True. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping this gear change puts us in that 130 range. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm, I will I will be saying an extra prayer for you. Let me know. What <laughs> I, appreciate <it. laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, my last. Uh, let me think here. Uh, the my last topic before we before we talk about the fun stuff is. Um, are you going to be at any races this year? Does it look like you're – I don't know about Ultra 4, but I, I mean, what's going on? I'm trying to. Um, you know, obviously my main focus is King of the Hammers. That is the one that I I sit here and, and work my ass off all year for. That is, that is the one. Nothing else matters. You know, everything else in between to me is – filler races it's to get content it's for sponsors it's 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 just filler stuff you know it's to be relevant it's to be out there be seen um the one that matters is hammers you know so if if we're and we're constantly testing all year long testing changes testing parts like i mean that's if you're not doing that what are you doing you know um so that's my main goal is is setting the car up to be perfect for hammers um if there's a change and I like it and I want to test it in a race scenario, you know, and a race just happens to be coming up, you know, it's, it's one thing like, it depends. You know, I, 
I don't plan on doing any races at this moment in time to answer your question. Mm-hmm. There's a small chance I'll go to the Reno race. Okay. But that race is so hard on cars. I don't even Man, that race no. destroys everything. I don't care who you are, your car <laughs> jacked after that race so for those the reno race is the the, the championships right it's yeah at, yeah and i don't think it's the championship this year this year it's just a race are they not i don't are they not going to have championships this year i think I they're having a championship but i think it's an east coast race or something yeah i don't know right. i'm pretty sure i could be wrong don't right. don't quote me on look. that i'm gonna look don't quote me on that <laughs> i could right. be wrong. because so we can talk for a second about the east coast races this weekend uh, the teardown in Tennessee, they're going to have live commentating, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah, that'll okay. be cool. Are um, they going to live stream? Are they going to be live streaming? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me tell you this. That park is, look, if the guys at AOP, they're listeners of the show. The park's not set up for any kind of, like, viewing of the racetrack. You'll be able to see them come out of the woods, hit the short course, and then right back in the woods. Is that um, the one they raced at before? They've raced there before, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. th- this is the second or third race, I think. Um, I was at the first one. Um, dude, cars are just coming out of the woods with parts hanging off. Uh, I know it is it is so rough on these cars. Uh, I actually raced that course in a different league. Uh, there's a league down here called Pro Rock, and they had last year their season closer was a night race there, and it was about oh, – man. Dude, it was like almost a two and a half hour race. Uh, it was basically four laps, uh, five if you were in the front. And it was the first, it's the first race I've ever done ever. Okay. And I had, listen, I had won this RS1. It was like fully built, ready to go. The guy who I won it from was super nice, um, sent me safety gear. He was like, dude, I just, he, I legit won it in a contest. That's cool. I legit won it. Um, I was unexpected. I found out on my, the night before my wedding, he sent me a message on Facebook and, or he actually sent it to someone else said, Hey, tell Jesse, if you're at his, you know, uh, whatever they're called the dinner before the wedding, uh, if you're at, if you're there, um, telling me you want a car. And I got the call right in the middle of my dinner, ran out because I was so excited. I ran outside and everybody thought I was like running away. It was a big, it's kind of, an old deal. Cool. but it was awesome. But that course, man, they run um obviously it's an east coast so they have like big bouncer hills and stuff but if you were going to make a circuit they hit the roughest parts of the park in that circuit um and i think even this year they're talking about running it backwards now that's typically they'll run that backwards if there's no rain but it looks like we're gonna get some pretty serious rain oh man we are getting like i don't let me just let me see if i can if i can if the camera can see this here uh it's raining right now too so it is raining let's see if i can get it here oh geez so it is uh it's not it's not well let me just say not letting up that's for sure uh so i don't think they're going to run it backwards and the way that they run it now is uh basically you have one long like waterfall climb to the top and then you race back down the back down the mountain yeah Uh, and it's really rocky coming back down if it's dry they'll go up the rocks but um, either way, it's a really rough course. It's going to be really exciting. I still, for those who are listening live, I don't know if I'm going to be there yet. I'm still trying to get that squared away. I'll try and be there. Um, but back to what this, uh, back to where we derailed this conversation. Okay. So they're doing, uh, Tennessee, August 14th 
and in Alabama or oh, Alberta, Canada. That's unique. Mm. Um, that's a, that would be an interesting one. It looks like they're going to have, okay, there's no details up. Uh, 2020 in Reno, and then the national championships is going to be at Crossbar in Oklahoma. Okay. Ah, uh, okay. That's a see that course to me. They've got a really open like short course, and it kind of goes through the woods. Um, but that's where Lauren Healy had that kind of goofy rollover. And I think I that's where, maybe is that where I went? Crossbar. Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. If I was out. I was out somewhere out there last year. Yeah, it's so, at, at an ultra four race, and it was pretty sick. It was actually pretty sick. Let me see if I can figure out where it was. Yep, it was. Go. Uh, the EFI Holly Clash at uh, Crossbar. I'm showing that it's fa it's on the Genrite Facebook. Oh, is that where we – yeah, okay, so that is the one you went to? Yeah. It's just muddy, man. Every single time I saw oh, it. Oh, man, it was so muddy. muddy. Yeah. Wait. I I just – That that course looked really fun. We ran the whole course in the uh, Terramoto, the one we raced this year in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we ran it in Terramoto, and it was muddier than crap, but it was so much fun. Like, that was such a sick course. Now, I like, dude, I wish my car was here. What What is uh, – what's the woods like? Let me ask that at that course. I've never been there. Uh, it's – honestly, I don't know how to compare it to other woods. It, sure. it was it seemed tight to me. Okay. Some people will probably be like, no, that's, that's wild <laughs> course. But it seemed yeah. tight to me. Like, like yeah. we were making corners and, like, like – kissing sidewalls on trees and stuff like it, it seemed tight and that's not even a very wide jeep like that thing i think that thing's only like 88 or 89 inches wide yeah so, sure. I mean, it's, it's wide but well it, I, it seemed I, tight like you couldn't be blazing through the woods i'll tell you that in some spots there's some yeah. spots where you could have but now let me um, ask you this is that yeah. is that enticing enough for you to make a trip back to oklahoma for the national <laughs> so the thing I don't know how it, I don't know how it would do because my car is so wide. Uh -huh. I don't know if I would like literally there was there was a couple spots on that course where I was like, dude, my car wouldn't even fit. Like we were scraping sidewalls through trees. Yeah. I'm like, my car would literally not fit through this. Like I would have to mow one of these trees down just to keep going. Yeah, I, I so, agree with you. I don't know, dude. Like, because my car is 93 and a half inches wide. It's big. wide. It's a uh, it's a big car. Hey, we have Anthony on listening. Uh, Anthony, if you can uh, tell us what a, I don't know how wide your Ultra 4 car was um, when you were racing Ultra 4. Tell us the width of that course while we're sitting here. Um, but it's it's on October 23rd. So you got plenty of time to get prepared. Time to figure it out. To wash it afterwards <laughs> and get it ready for King of Hammers. Um, I, I think that it would be cool. Um, I really personally think that you should put the AOP. I, I would imagine that they would do the AOP race again next year. Um, you should put it on your calendar. It's, a, it's a long haul, but it's a really it's a really great park because a lot of parks out east here, you know, it's either you're like zero to one hundred, zero to the worst thing they have to offer, um, hmm. and then you, or it's you know mud, just like mud. Yeah. AOP is probably the only course that would be. Um, I don't know, man. It's a lot of rocks, and they're yeah. really slippery rocks. It gives mm. you a good, a good understanding of how nasty it gets because, like I said before the call, I mean, you ride it for – or if it rains for about 15, 20 minutes at AOP, especially on that race course they have laid out, it's like the central gully in the park. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's pretty rough. So, Do you think they'll have any live feed, like – 
in exclusive parts on that course over the weekend or over during the race? Yeah, I would imagine, you know, I know how Dave Cole does some things. And uh, I would imagine that the the one area that I'm talking about, it's it's for for Southeast guys, it's Trail 41 that they actually go up at AOP. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where gas pedal and all these. If you type in AOP on YouTube, it's like all the crazy bounty hills. They're like, here's Trail 41. And in the ravines, they climb out of the ravines for the bounty hills. Oh, uh, that's crazy. It's pretty cool. But uh, the actual trail itself, 41, there's this really crazy overlook on it. So mm. if they were going to put something, it would be right at the top of that trail. Um, personally, that trail has gotten crazy in the in the bouncer sections, like the really? full bars. You gotta, you gotta. It's big, big, big rocks, big rocks. Oh man! So I would imagine um, that uh, they'll have something. If they do have something in the woods, it'll be there. But likely, it'll just be. They, they had all their media guys coming in and out of the woods, like right yeah, it's there. So I don't know. Yeah. Anthony replied right. that 89 inches was uh, a little bit of everything, short course, rocks, water, trees, fast sections. I think he said his car was 89 inches and he had plenty of room uh, at Oklahoma. Oh, his car was 89. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He, huh. he ran the old, uh, the rear engine. I think it was the Blue Torch car. I can't remember who initially made it. I'm forgetting right now. Um, but he had, he ran. Uh, wasn't that, was that a Campbell car? Let or was that a- was that originally a Campbell car? Uh, I don't it was like the blue chrome. It was like blue chrome single seater, right? Yes. It's like, yeah, it's old school. Uh, yeah. It was very like for a couple of years, it was like on air shocks or something. Right. I think that's right. It's, it's like two point. It was in like 2.0 coilovers. That car was sick when, right when that it was, that was like what, like 2010, 2011, 12. Yeah. When it first got built. It's yeah, so because it's it's been floating around and there's like it's been floating around. Yeah, it's been raced a couple times. Yeah, but uh, I wish I could. Yeah, that car was sick. That was like the first car in my little kid eyes that was like, whoa, that car is way different than the rest. Like I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I, I keep but, telling Anthony that, you know, there's something special about what he's well, doing yeah. because every single time that he builds a car. He puts some kind of weird twist on it. Like in the UTV yeah. section, uh, he raced, you know, Turbo S for a long time. And then he comes out one year and he just races a, a one seater uh, and kicks, you know, kicks ass the entire time. Yeah. But the car he's got right now, I can't, damn it, Anthony, I can't find any like up to date pictures on uh, Facebook here. It's taking forever to find some. Um, but yeah, it is, it is that old school car and it, it is really cool. Um, That's cool. So, yeah, he yeah, is. I always, I always love that car. Me too, man. Uh, I like I like the different cars. Ergo, you know why I'm such a big fan of of, of your car. Um, but all that being said, I'll quit looking for it. Um, all that being said, is uh, I personally, the closer I can get you to come to me, the more likely, yeah. the more <laughs> the likely it is that I'm going to get a chance to see the car. So um, I, you know, I'm trying to trying to work a little bit of magic here. Were you at Hammers this year, or you were watching it live? No, I was watching it on the live stream. Yeah. Uh, it looks like I was going to try and make Hammers um, this year. I talked to my wife about it, had it all lined up, and now we have uh, Jesse Junior. It's going to be uh, February nineteenth. So, oh man, be at Hammers. <laughs> probably won't be there. Yeah, but well, that's uh, cool. Congrats on that. Thanks, man. I'm I'm super excited. I uh, you know, all kinds of fun. It was planned, so that was cool. Uh, you know, it's just we're, we're ready to go ahead and kind of close up the children book. You know, if, yep. if 
if there's this other things in mind down the road, maybe, but it's good maybe. to go out of, the, out of the way. So, yeah. But, uh, dude, cool. let's talk RCs because yeah. you've gotten into it. You've caught the bug. Um, I'm going to ask this question to start the conversation with because I've asked a couple people and it's very interesting, the responses. If you were just doing trail riding, you're just an everyday guy who's into the weekend warrior stuff and you had to categorize full-size off-roading, UTV off-roading, and then RC cars. Where would you, how would you rank those three? What's your favorite from top to bottom? Full-size RC and UTVs, is that what it was? Yeah. Um, full-size is cool because it's street legal. You can cool. pretty much do anything with it, right? Um, UTVs are cool because you can basically beat it a lot harder than you could be like a daily driven trail rig, you know? Agreed. Um, RCs are just cool. You can just beat the hell out of them and you don't have to worry about driving at home at the end of the day. Dude, I cannot <laughs> Dude. tell people how many times. like that's, that's what I love about them. Dude, I there are days where I look at my razor and I'm like, I will sell this piece of shit and just forever play with these RCs and I'll be fine. It's totally fine. They're so much fun, man. Uh, you guys have gotten into what you call the COVID nationals with your 124th scale cars. Yeah. Picture of those. Uh, Dude, they're awesome. I'm they're sick. Sick. Do you have one of them? So I don't have a 124th scale. Okay. That's the only model of an axial car that I have never bought. Um, yeah. That's why I wanted to ask you about it is because I, uh, I'm i going to have to go to axials. Or, actually, are, you have pictures of them on your uh, uh, Facebook? Uh, I don't know about on Facebook. I do on uh, – uh, can you go through Instagram? Yeah. Look up Little Guy Racing Series. Little Guy Racing Series? <laughs> one, of our, one of our buddies that's like in the little group of friends that has – uh, that we have, he started oh, a page. Perfect. He started a page called <laughs> Little Guy Racing Series, and it's all little cars. Dude, this is absolutely awesome. Sick, right? DRS, there it is. Boom. Yeah, the <laughs> champ. So that dude. was that was the last race we had. So we actually had. Uh, I was like, dude, we got it because at first, um, we were just kind of doing it like our little friend group because all of us got way into it way too fast, and yeah. we were like, all right. We got to build a track, start racing these things. Yeah. So we started racing these things and um, it like blew up. Yeah. And we're like, dude, like we're not even like doing, like we're not promoting this. Like people were trying to come, like come to our little races and yeah. we're like, eh, like maybe we'll think about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, we'll see. Um, and then Randall from Axial was like, dude, I want to come check this out one time. So we're like, all right, we'll put together another race. Like you can come to the next race, like for sure. Like it's a blast. You'll totally love it. Yeah. Um, and of course he totally loved it. We all had a total blast. Like it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, it's again, especially with all the COVID going on right now, what else can you do? Agreed. Like, the only thing you can do is sit at home. Like you can't go out to eat. You can't go watch a movie. You can't really go anywhere, you know? Um, so when you're sitting at home, what else is, I mean, what else is better than doing a very, very small scale of what you love doing in real life? You know? So let me ask you. So obviously you guys have the aftermarket chassis now. 
which one of these did you start with? Because um, I so deadbolts are cool. Deadbolts are cool. The honestly, they're all the same. They're they got right. different length. They got different links to put the axles in different spots for the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually so. Like I said, I personally will go with the the red deadbolt or the white JL all day long. That's okay. that, those are my go tos. Um, so I think I just kind of buy and sell these things now. Like I'll buy it, build it up, and sell it to a buddy. Yeah. Um, so I'm on like my fifth or sixth one now. How much are they right out of the box? Uh, like from the hobby shop, they're like 125 bucks. Okay. Out of the box, how do they do? Because again, they do pretty good. That's okay. obviously not out of the box. That is, okay. that is, that's mine. That's fully built. Yeah. So that's, let me, let me see if I can't, uh, I'll go back to what I was looking at here. We'll go to 124. Dude, I'm I'm a professional developer and still have to like yeah. what I'm doing when I type something. <laughs> yeah. So, alrighty. Uh, and I spell everything wrong all the time. That's okay. okay. So right out of the box here, you're gonna get something that looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I wanted, the reason I wanted to bring this up, I'm gonna change this window really quick. Um, the reason I wanted to bring this up was. Uh, there's a little bit of work that goes into getting these like really, really good because out of the box axial has, does a great job, but out of the box, they don't work as good as they do. If you just spend a little bit of time with it, is that, it's it's just like a race car, you know, you get it and it's good, but it can always be better. Sure. sure. You know, it's, it's just like, it's just like the Jeep you buy to put 37s on, you know, there's always, as us gearheads, there's there's always we can't we're not we can't ever leave anything stock. It's just not possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and obviously, if me and ten of my buddies have these things, I want to go whoop all of them every single time we drive them. So I'm gonna do everything I can. So yeah, basically, where we're at now uh, is I buy axles, tranny. And that's about it. I buy axles and a tranny and I build off of that. So, so you'll have to explain um, what exactly Let me change it back over to your guys stuff here. Um, When you say axles, you're not talking about housings. You're actually talking about axle shafts, right? Yeah. Axle. Well, I changed the axle shafts too. Okay. But, but you, you, so like these little cars are so like small and cheap. Like you go on Amazon or eBay and you can buy an entire built axle housing for 20 bucks. Really? With axle shafts, bearings, gears, everything. Really? So it's like, why would they sell them piece by piece when it's only 20 bucks? Like you might as well just buy the whole dang thing. Like, yeah. like a couple of weeks ago, I broke a knuckle mm-hmm. and I just ordered a whole new axle housing. Cause I'm like, dude, it, like you can buy knuckles, but they're, you can buy like aluminum knuckles, but they're 20 bucks. Yeah. I would buy a whole axle housing for 20 bucks get the stock knuckles and then have an entire axle of spare parts. That's very true. That's pretty right. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, okay. Tires. How are you guys doing on tires? Who are you guys using? Because the ones that come stock on these things, if they're, they're small, in- they're small and they're not that sticky. Yes. They suck. Just say so, it. They just suck, man. Yeah, they suck. So, so we use the uh, scramblers which is an RC four-wheel drive. It's like the four-wheel parts of RC cars. It's an RC four-wheel drive tire. Um, it's You can see it's a lot bigger than stock. 
Um, it's, I'd say a quarter inch, maybe a quarter inch taller, three sixteenths to a quarter inch taller, which is a lot taller for, that's like a 37 and like a 42, you know, it's yeah. a massive difference. Um, so those are the tires we use. Um, I also widen my cars a lot to give them better weight or uh, better handling on like off camera stuff. How do you, how are you, are you using actual wheel wideners on there? So I use wheel wideners and then someone just came out with like a extended axle shaft kit. So now I do extended axle shafts, which is hot racing. And I do the wheel wideners on top of that. Okay. So like, yeah, my cars are way wider than stock. Now th these things are so small that it really like, there's not a big damage by going that wide and adding that, that yeah. width to it because if you do that on a 1.9 car, you'll definitely see the adverse. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll ruin it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I'm going to have to get you to send me like this, like a, like a parts list, because I'm going to have to build one. Now, the, obviously, you get some aftermarket tires because the stock ones suck, but yeah. uh, you're going a little bit wider. You're upgrading the transmission. Um, what are you guys doing for the bodies? Because one thing I noticed is you guys have 3D printed like – chassis it looks like some chassis so so i've actually just taken it to a whole new level um because recently well not really recently pretty much the whole time um so those chassis are like 70 bucks mm -hmm. um so you buy the chassis you build it um they're bitching they work great but one thing i didn't like about it was you can't like like they they break they they break relatively easily for what we're doing they're not meant to race and smash into rocks like we're doing so like the front bumper will bust off or uh one of the cage tubes will bust which again not a big deal most people wouldn't have it break because they're not literally racing them like we are they're just crawling them mm -hmm. um so most of the, for most people it'd be fine but i've uh since all this hit and then we've gotten way too into it i was like i was like screw it dude i'm gonna learn cad and i'm gonna design my own chassis no way and it sounded like a great idea and i was yeah. like dude i could do that like it can't be that hard like like what do i have to lose like i've had that thought a bunch but I'm so sure i'm gonna they... design i'm gonna i'm gonna learn so so basically my thoughts were because i was like i can just keep buying these chassis and throwing them away when they break and buy a new one throw it away or i can take this experience right use it to learn a tool that can help me with the real stuff right yeah because how how can learning CAD hurt me on what I actually do in real life? You know, Agreed. I can make my own parts. I can design stuff. So I took it upon myself to learn CAD on YouTube videos and just tinkering around with the program. Yeah, so I've actually designed two full chassis now for that car, um, which are pretty sweet. I'll have to send you some pictures of them. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a blessing in disguise, you know, for like the real life situation going on right now. Um, and like, it's giving me time to one, just relax 
slightly mm-hmm. um, because this, you know, when there's full racing all year long and events, it's just, it's, sure. it's, exo- it's, it's tiring. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's, it's a lot of work. Sure. Um, so with everything going on right now, no racing, really no events, it's given me a chance to take a step back, you know, relax a little bit, spend some more time doing things like this that, you know, are just let my mind think about things other than real race car for half an hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like it's also given me a chance to do things like this, like learning CAD to, because you know, when you're, you know, when you're in uh, high school or trade school and they're trying to teach you about things you really don't care about, you know, and you just, you don't, you don't focus and you don't care to learn and you don't, um, that was one of the things that I struggled with in high school. Like I, I barely graduated high school because I just didn't, I didn't care about the, the English lessons. I didn't care about the math lessons. I didn't care about the chemistry lessons. I just, I didn't care. Like I, I dropped failed chemistry with like a 14%. Like I was just, and that was, I think that was my junior year. Like I, I just, it was, it was so hard for me to stay focused and stay literally stay in school. Like it was just ridiculous. Um, so I used this as a chance to learn a program that can help me in real life, but I can use my motivation to want to build something for these little cars yeah. to learn the program because it's not going to be as fun if you're just designing little things that you're never going to use. You know, it's, it's cool when you're learning how to use it on something you want to use. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, that happens a lot like for software. So it's a good example of like, you have something that kind of sucks to learn and you, you know, you can motivate yourself to learn it in a really Make good, a good situation out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I've thought about doing it. I've looked at tube works and all this other stuff. Um, I'm, it's, there is a learning curve for everyone out here. It's like, I'm going to learn how to do CAD. Dude, yeah. I hope you stick with it. It, cause it sucks ass, but once you can do it, yeah. it's so valuable. I, I was trying so hard to design stuff for like, a month like i literally sat down on my laptop every night like i'd get home at like eight or nine o'clock sit down open my laptop tinker around some stuff try to make things and i just could not figure it out so i was like look maybe it's not for me like i'll just keep buying chassis whatever not a big deal and like a month later i like had this strike of motivation again i'm like dude i'm gonna do it i'm gonna sit down learn it so i did it again and sure enough i figured it out like i i i tried it i took a break and i tried it again and that was that was what it took to figure it out and i don't know it's it's cool because now i have the ability to like it's it's interesting how i've i've never really really had the desire to learn cad yeah um but it's interesting now that i've had the desire to learn cad and i've I'm not going to say I know cat. I don't, I know, I know, I'm, I know this much out of a piece of pie this big, you know? Um, But it's interesting sitting here, like at the shop working on the race car. I'm like, Oh, I could, I could design this and get this cut or get this printed Mm -hmm. to do this on the car. Like, it's just very interesting. Like when you learn something like that, the different thoughts that go through your head throughout the day that, could change things in real life too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Uh, man. Uh, I think about it, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's funny. I have both my cars sitting here, but uh, one thing I did when I was in, 
so I was in mechanical engineering college for a long time and I had bought an SDX 10 and I bought it thinking, Oh, it's just a toy. I'm going to learn how to play with it. But like the axial does such a good job of kind of like setting you up to learn about they things do. at a very, I don't want to say like remedial level, but more like a fundamental level. Yeah. Uh, like my SDX 10 taught me about springs, taught me about fluid and shocks, taught me about drivetrain angles, all those things oh, yeah. at a very like, basic level because small actually, level, yeah. and it's and it's wonderful but what it did was um before i before i even gotten into wheeling my my jk at the time before i got coilovers on it before all that stuff i had an scx 10 and i was sitting there and i was like okay if i'm on the trail and i see you know people all the time breaking axle shafts and all of a sudden their their wheels walking out on them and like the ideas of what is a full float axle started to make sense the ideas of track bars and steering mm -hmm. angles and all these things that, you know, are a common topic and people don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing. Totally. Um, they really start to come into picture. And that was a big thing for me to, I, I had zero mechanical experience at anything in my entire life. And the RC car is actually where I learned how to do things to begin with. That's where I started. Uh, so I agree with you, man. It, it really helps you get your hands on it. And, and for you, it was motivation to do the software. Yeah. Mine was like learning how suspension and, you know, learning how to set up links and things like that to have anti-squat and squat and where to move things around. Because I started building chassis when yeah. I was like 19. I started just building them out of steel and, yeah. and things like that. The same thing, yeah. It's so much fun. And it's so it really like you build something it's it either breaks because you have too much load in an area that doesn't need load or it doesn't work at all. doesn't drive straight. doesn't track straight. And then you have to go down the rabbit hole and you have to learn everything, you know, and you unintentionally get exposed to all this crazy stuff. So dude, I oh, get yeah. it. I'm right there with you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I've, it's, it's actually interesting. A lot of people like asked, cause I, I kind of just, came up out of like nowhere as far as like racing, you know? And um, I did like a couple literally like amateur crawling competitions uh, back in 2014 or 13 mm -hmm. um, in my dad's YJ. And then first race came the hammers. I get fourth and everyone's like, where'd this kid come from? Yeah. A lot of it was sitting in the passenger seat, obviously learning, watching for all those years. Um, but I, I really have to give a lot of it to just me sitting in the backyard playing with my RC car on the little course I built, you know, you learn, you, you really do. Cause I've, I've had RC cars and RC boats literally my entire life. Like yeah. my parents before Genrite, um, owned a small RC boat parts distribution business. Dude, that's awesome. So, so they have, they've, they, I think this is my dad's like eighth business. He's, he's all about the businesses. That's how you make uh, it. Yeah. So I've been to, I've been exposed to RC for a really long time. Um, and I think I got my first, the very first Axial car, the Axial AX10 Scorpion. Yeah. Oh, suit, like the OG, like that was the first legit rock crawler. Yeah. Right when it came out, my dad got one for himself, but it was for me, right? Yeah. 
he never used it. That's, but, what, that's uh, what I tell my wife is that I'm buying one for my kid when actually <laughs> I just want two. <laughs> okay, he that's one. I've got two sitting right here. Yeah. But again, right when we got that thing, I was probably seven or eight when that thing yeah. came out. Um, and as soon as we got it, I started tinkering around with it, like crawling stuff. I'm like, well, I want to go up that. So I would like try and modify parts. And I was, I didn't know anything about modifying parts. I'm just a little kid that's playing with this RC car, but it taught me a lot about working on stuff. It taught me a lot about driving because yeah. believe it or not, driving those is very, um, on a very small scale, it's very similar to real life, how vehicles handle, how they react to certain situations. Yes. Um, and I, I have to give up a lot of my, or I have to give a lot of credit to sitting in the backyard driving those things because I think that really has taught me a lot about driving and a lot about um, rock crawling specifically. Yeah. Um, picking lines, you know, all this stuff because I, I would literally do that. Like on my summer breaks all year, I would just yeah. sit in the backyard and work on my RC cars and play with them and play in the backyard. Like, and obviously you saw that whole like pretty legit rock course we have in the backyard. I've had that course for probably eight years now. Dude. Um, and, and originally it was built for the cars. It was built for the Wraith. It was built for all the 10th scale cars. Yeah. Um, but now all of a sudden we've transformed it into a little 24th scale, uh, course. Well, that's, that's part of my question here is, um, do you foresee yourself going to, or going back to the one tenth scale and building that one tenth scale? Cause you I know, still have a lot of one. I, I probably have 10 cars sitting in the garage. So let me ask you, I got, I got a little bit of everything. The, the one tenth versus the one twenty fourth. I had the uh, the Can Am X3 little car that Axial made. Scale, yeah, it, it just it was it just seemed to miss the mark just a little bit for me. I, yeah, uh, I did. And and I don't know. That was my hesitation towards the 24th car was that it just wasn't. It just was was cool, but was a novelty more than it, it was a desk toy. You know. Yeah, I think I really think they did a lot better job on this. Okay. Like, because I've seen, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen pictures of it. And I almost bought one too, but I yeah. was like, eh, it just doesn't quite look like what I'm going for. I bought it. I bought it really. That one really was for my daughter. And I played with it and like tried to get it because it would just like get stuck in the grass and then the axles would fall out. And I was just like, okay. And then, you know, she just wants, she's just going to pin it and just drive it around. So it's like she would pin it and it would either get stuck in the grass or it, you know, she'd throw an axle out in the, in the front suspension. It's like, okay, this just doesn't, it's not, it's not. It's it's not yeah. working. Yeah. Um, but 24, you know, the 124 scale, I really enjoy the 110th scale. I think it's awesome. Um, how does that compare to the 24th scale? Is it, I mean, is it as much fun? Is it, you know, how would you say that? I would say, I would honestly say it's more fun. It's wow. more fun because 10th scale is awesome but you need such a big area to actually enjoy it. And you need such big rocks to enjoy it. I would agree. With 24 scale, you can make, you can drive on big rocks or small rocks. It's still a blast, you know, and you don't need that big of an area. Like the whole area where our little 24 scale race course is built in my backyard. Yeah. It's a 15 foot round circle. 
and we probably build on 10 feet of that round circle and uh, you can have a blast trying to get a picture here without i think there's some videos on the the uh there's there is but i'm trying to i'm trying to get the uh the sound here Mm. because you got sound on there with them in fact what we'll do i'll just play it let me uh I'll share my screen somewhere. I've got too many tabs open here now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, you don't need that big of an area to have fun. That's what's cool about it is like you get to enjoy those things on such a small area. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I've been trying to decide if I wanted to build something like in my own backyard. But here's the, here's the video of your little course here. So this is, yeah, this is from the last race. And it's, it's such a blast. So that's Randall from Axial in the little green car just ripping along. That's a bone stock car. Really? That car is bone stock. And he's, and he's ripping past some of the guys with good cars. Now, see, that's awesome. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying is, like, with a good driver, yeah. it's just like 10 scale. You can have a somewhat decent car and smoke the guy with a bitching car if you can drive better. It's just like 10 scale in that, in that way. Okay. I think you so, might have told me on some of these, man. I'm not, not going to lie to you. They're I, still such a blast. Yeah, dude. This like So here's the thing. That's it's, our starting grid. <laughs> everything's better when you have friends. And, dude, it's, but it's so much affordable for your friends to get into. If they're like kind of on the fence about it, you're like, dude, if you don't like it, sell it. It's 100 bucks, Or just keep it. It's 100 bucks. whatever. I think I'm going to have to – I think I'm going to have to get one, and I think I'm going to have to do some convincing. Um, now – a lot of guys here. Let me see if I can find the picture. Oh man! Um, uh, a lot of guys here. They have uh, bouncer chassis that have been printed out for them. So I love the fact that they have done this. But I, I'm just curious, like, if it would translate over to the to the bouncer guys because there's some guys. Um, man, it's like right when you want to find something, you can't ever find what you need. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see if I can find it. I'm going to get one more shot before I quit here. 124th scale screaming blue. Uh, there it is. Wow. What a hilarious picture here. But this is this is where we are. This is crazy. Uh, Chrome tab. I think this is it. So, yeah. dude, just hilarious, man. I know. It's so funny. I think that's that's a different car. That's on the I think that's a Losi car. Yeah, that does look like a different one. But but, but it's, it's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just I'm I'm so torn because I'd love to have something like this at my house, but I've just been on the fence about it. My local hobby shop has them. So I just need to they're, they're so much fun. Okay. They're so much fun. I I would definitely recommend getting one. Okay. I got one of my buddies sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> he left it's one of the guys that works here yeah that's awesome okay like, they're they're so legit like they got full four link rear oh there's the camera there we go yeah full four link rear and it comes stock three link front but you can buy parts to four link it he's got an aluminum housing in the front okay so let me ask you you so you have aftermarket wheels tires uh yeah he's he's got stock wheels but okay um, wow, i i print my own wheels Oh, fancy. I print my own beadlocks so you don't have to glue them. Oh, even more, Mister Fancy in the house. Yeah, all about the beadlocks. It's all about the beadlocks. Okay, buying one and then getting it to the point, you know, fully decked out, ready, loaded to go. How much does it cost? 
it depends how fully decked out you want to go. Like the new one I'm building with my new chassis that I designed yeah. has like a brushless system. It's like full, like, okay. Full, like, like not like almost nothing is stock. Yeah. Okay. So let's it's say really middle, awesome. middle ground where you middle ground build, like, like tube chassis, better shocks, better tires, wheels, stretch. Um, you're all in with the car included you're probably looking at 300 bucks maybe 350 if you like go if you like go hard on some parts yeah like, okay. like really go the extra step so um I, that that's awesome because that's the starting price of a one-tenth car so yeah. i think that's, yeah, exactly. that's awesome um so I, I would say i would say between 300 and 350 they have like a a solid built car okay I'm going to have to buy me one. So, <laughs> uh, two things for you. So, obviously, um, I'm going to bring this car up first. So, this is obviously the bomber. I've got it transposed over to 1.9 leading arms and trailing arms. Nice. Uh, so, when are you going to get with Axial and when are we going to have a one tenth unicorn? Dude, I want to so bad. I'm, yes. I'm trying. I've, so, funny thing i don't know if i should even like tell you this because like other people are going to see it but we've actually like everyone at generate we all talk about it happening so like yeah. every couple weeks we'll have someone in the shop email horizon hobby and say hey like we want to see this car built and they'll send pictures of my car and like like yeah. can you guys build this here's what we'll so, like, do every couple weeks we'll have someone different so it seems like a lot of people want it yeah. <laughs> here's what we'll do is is we'll set it out for this episode uh, Horizon, what do you know? Let me find the email off he off key here. Horizon Hobby. We're gonna find their their customer line, and uh, we're gonna start sending some emails to them because here's the thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leak some information that's not out yet. I think it's supposed to be coming out this week, but I'll uh, you know, Cody thing, right? Yeah, man. You know what's crazy? The guy he sent it to me, and then uh everybody else started reaching out to me randall reached out to me cody reached out to me and I'm like hey man where'd you get that and i'm like what uh <laughs> i thought it was you know like ah, i thought this was out. Was out. <laughs> um so for everyone listening it's horizonhobby.com slash contact send an email and request the uh jordan pellegrino ultra unicorn. tell me you want the unicorn perfect um so no, that would be super sick that'd be awesome I, I'm a big I'm a big voter for it uh, because if they can build your car, that means they can build a razor with the correct that corrected out stuff. And I think that that would uh, I think the unicorn would sell well, but I also think that they built a, a razor that was actually like a one tenth scale. They would, mm -hmm. they would sell well, it. Yeah. I think so, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a little bit of something that I'll probably get yelled at for another time. Uh, can you see that? Mm, so let's have a look. Yeah. All right, so let's have a look at that. Um, pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, it, this is, this is in my opinion, one step removed from your car. But uh, IFS, independent rear, we yeah. got new, uh, you know, pretty penny wheels. They're yeah. releasing a new tire with this car, which this tire is actually already available on RPP Hobby. Um, really? Yeah, man. It's, you know, so funny is if you look hard enough, let me put it back here. If you look hard enough, you can find people who leak stuff on accident. RPP put up the tires for sale. They don't have the image up there yet, but you can already order them. Um, uh, so 
I'm I'm excited for this because what this it's, it's announced this week, isn't it? It should be today or tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, it should be this week. That's what Cody's told me. Um, available for pre-order, I would assume by Friday. Yeah. Uh, typically, Axial does all their releases on Wednesday night and Thursday. Thursday, nice. uh, you know, one of those things. So whatever, it's a couple hours away. I'm a follower on their email stream. So, well, is it a? Oh no, it's a Losi. So this is branded as a Losi car, right? Yes. So okay. here's the gist, and because I got the details on it after after everything went went a little weird, um, <laughs> it is a Losi remake of one of their buggy cars. So it's it's the more of the U4 track style. Um, it's going to copy off of the Baja Rays front differential, rear differential, and center differential, all that are going to be unlocked, and it's going to be more towards the bashing side of the cars. Mm, gotcha. I personally – That's what I figured. I did too, but I, I really wish they have and, – and I don't have the full details yet. This is just my understanding so far. Um, I really hope they put like a real thick diff fluid in there and in all of those locations. So it acts sort of as a yeah posi blocker. Yeah, exactly. Because I I really think that the market for this is not the basher guy. I think it's going to be the scale trail guy, the scale you know racer guy. And I don't think that open diffs work in any scenario. Um, no. Just my opinion, especially not for, not for the guys that. The guys that know that car and that are going to want to yes. buy it, they're yes. going to want to do something different than what it was intended for from Losi. Yes, and and that's my that's my big kind of. I still think it's sick. I'm probably still going to go try and afford to buy one and just yep. beat the piss out of it and say, Cody, what happened? Your car broke. What's going yeah. on? Just <laughs> yeah, jump across the shop straight, like as far as I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now. I've been talking to Cody about this for like a year and not in the sense that he ever gave me any kind of inclination. The car was coming. If anyone at horizon or Losi or whatever hears Cody did not ever give me any kind of inclination. And that's an honest answer. Um, I'm just not an idiot. You know, you see the axial logo on the car, you see the axial logo at laser town. Um, it's coming, you know, we knew it was coming. So, uh, I'm really excited about it. I think it's cool because um, obviously UC Fab pretty much made this car a reality. Yeah. You know, that was the Before first. Before this was even a thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and I really think that it's it's a good. I don't know. It's a good look for the future. Personally, I saw this, and then the first thing I thought of was, okay, they need to get with Pellegrino like this year, and in three years the car will come out. <laughs> it's kind so of. Have you seen? Have you seen the guy that's? designing my whole car in CAD 10 scale. No, I'm impressed look, already. Look up uh, Q1. I think it's, it's at Q1 engineering Instagram. Okay. So there's a guy in like, uh, he's from, uh, he's like, he's from like Egypt or something. And he's designing my car, like with the real rear suspension and everything. Oh crap, dude. Holy like, Man. And he built a massive 3D printer to print all the parts. And like he's gonna build that entire thing himself. And it's based on the axial yeti um like transmission and gears. Wow. And so this is it right here. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So that's yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Dude, like like legit. 
dude. So he's gonna wild. print he's gonna print that whole car and assemble it and like legit. Wow. I'm like, dude, I don't care how much it costs, I gotta get one of those. Yeah, man. <laughs> like dude, I have to get one of those. I am like thoroughly impressed by me the too. Dude, I saw it. Like this guy started tagging me and stuff, and I'm like, "What is this?" So I started looking at it, and I'm like, "What the heck? Like, no way, dude!" I think Horizon needs to reach out to this guy. Literally, they should have him designing his stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you expect to see from Losi and Axial. The real, yeah. Time, dude. So I'm excited. I hope he like, like gets it all done like i hope he doesn't stop the project you know i hope he follows through with it and it'll be cool yeah absolutely i would agree with you um that's sick i'll keep an eye on him i, I just gave him a follow so that's really exciting but uh yeah, yeah man that would be a cool car to have uh be a really cool car. i would i would need two i would need one that sits on the shelf and looks pretty and i would need one that i go just absolutely yeah. destroy yes so speaking of destroying uh the traxxas car that you had that seemed to be where like the, yeah. the social, I, you know, I saw you guys, I saw you had it, commented on there. It was like, dude, awesome. You're getting an RC. And the next thing I know you're doing the COVID nationals, but, um, uh, is that a Traxxas UDR? Is that That's like a Traxxas UDR? Yeah. Dude, that car is sick. It's rad. I love that truck. Oh, sick. I always break it and it's so expensive to fix it, but it yeah. is such a sick truck. Yes. Uh, now out of the box, the, the suspension on that car is pretty nuts it's pretty, it's pretty dialed it's pretty dialed out of the box the only thing i really do to those suspension wise is um stock on that truck they give you like anti-squat adjustment on the rear uppers mm -hmm. so i adjust the anti-squat um and then i rip all the shocks apart and i put different uh diff fluid or not diff fluid i put different shock fluid in all the shocks mm-hmm um, I think it's it's like 45 or 35 in the front and like 70 in the rear stock. So you're running it pretty stiff. I'm running it pretty stiff, yeah. And I, I go, I think I went five pounds heavier front and rear on just because rear. like, yeah, on, on both shocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because when I drive it, like I'm launching the thing and yeah, yeah, need to handle that, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's one thing about the scale world that's so cool is you really get a, a, a very, again, fundamental version of how all this stuff works. Shock oil, springing the car. Oh, yeah, totally. Fun. And, totally. and I mentioned that, you know, rather than springs costing you, you know, two grand for just your one set of springs to test them. These yeah. are like, you know, 60 cents for a, a pack of four. Yeah. Really yeah, cool. That, that, I think that truck is probably one of the funnest RCs I've ever owned. Like it's, it's the biggest and it's the most expensive, uh -huh. but it's so like the, the way it handles is so realistic. Like yeah. it's, it's unreal. Like I was blown away the first time I drove it, how realistic it drove for, an RC car, you know, uh, away by the, by the tuning out of the box. Right? Yeah. Right out of the gate. I mean, I'll find a video of it, Ridiculous. but the, the Traxxas UDR, like just the, uh, the commercial that they put together themselves, it is bonkers. How yeah. 
Uh, let me see if I can get the sound. Come on here. There we go. Um, it's pretty amazing. Can you see this video? Yeah, yeah I can see it. Cool. Uh, yeah, here we go for everybody watching. <clears throat> I was pretty impressed about how uh, just how smooth it is. I don't know, man. It, it, coming from Axial where suspension is like completely ignored. It's, uh, it's kind of irrelevant in a way, yeah. For yeah. them. For them. Agreed. This car, man, like they could I, put if, – if you get the Cody, the laser nut car, if you get this car and it handles like this because that car should handle beautifully. Oh, yeah. But – It's a track. You know, it's based on a track car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that thing, like, is one of the most, like, suspension-wise, like, legit RC cars I've ever driven. Like, out of the box, like, without changing anything. Yes, um, pretty pretty is out of the box. Yeah, that video is out of the box. And, and the thing is, is a lot of times, like you get like, like you just feel like you're being lied to on the, some of this stuff. I can vouch for this. That car out of the box handles like that. It's crazy. Oh no, it literally does. Like this is no, this is no joke. You can even pull up some of my videos. Didn't I post some yeah. videos on my Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Here, let's look here, Instagram. Um, yeah, man, I, the reason I bring all this stuff up though, is just because, uh, it's so sick. We, we're just living so sick. such a, such a crazy time where, boom. So that's why I go stiffer on the shock wheel. Cause I launch it like 20 feet. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So what all like, have you broken on this car? Cause I assume I've broken a lot. I've broken the whole driver's side of the chassis. Um, I've probably broken six sets of a-arms um for things like that when you slam it into a pile yeah. of concrete rock yes uh, <laughs> it doesn't look very friendly right there but uh, it's it's relatively indestructible it's a very well-built car but for what i'm doing typically to it yeah it's understandable why it breaks you know like i drive the piss out of it uh, but yeah not much one time we went to uh our local like track like our short course track mm -hmm. um and i it was me my brother and like a couple it was like on a friday afternoon or something this was like a year ago me my brother he has a udr also yeah. and like just a couple of randoms that were there like with legit track cars yeah um and we were just out there messing around and it's actually surprisingly well how like well that thing does on a track too yeah. like a hard pack track yeah um so we were ripping and then there was this like there was this tight corner and then like five feet after there's this big jump and you're meant to double it but there's a jump a double and then like 10 or 15 feet after that there's another double so I was like, dude, I bet if I hit that corner wide and just send the first jump, I can quad this section. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, dude, I totally got this. Like, I can totally do this. Like, no doubt. Right? So I hit it, and I hit it perfectly. Like, per like I landed right where I was supposed to, minus the fact that while the car was in the air, it, it veered over, like, four or five feet to the right. Uh -huh. and I landed, you know, that plastic piping that's on the edge yeah. of tracks. Yeah. I landed with the passenger side on the piping 
like on the downslope of the landing uh, after the quad, but mm-hmm. on the piping. And the one spot in the whole track where there was a nail, one of those nails that holds it into the ground, sticking up like two inches. Nice. Just grabbed the arm and ripped the entire oh. passenger front corner off. Like A arm, both A arms, the shocks ripped yeah. everything off the front corner. And I was like, ooh, that's going to hurt. Like, yeah. That that was about I don't know that was that was probably a hundred and fifty dollar fix. Yeah, that one hurts. Is that <laughs> A arms? The upright was fine. New A arms, uh, new shocks, uh, new. I think I need a new axle too. I think it got bent, but like just again, they're a total blast. They do some incredible things, but when you jump it like we do, they typically break. It happens. It's, I mean, if you were just, it's plastic, what are you going to expect, right? Well, I mean, my thing is like, put it in scale perspective. You just jumped like the, off the Empire State Building, <laughs> you know? It's kind of literally, like, literally. Yeah. So, when you compare it to what you're actually doing in real life, it, yeah, yeah, it would be like, it would be like jumping off a four story building. Like, what do you yeah. expect it to do? Yeah. 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 Um, exactly right. Well, Jordan, that's pretty much all I had, man. Uh, next thing I'm gonna need to see from you is is one of these, man. You gotta get uh, one of these full blown custom chassis oh. and get the whole nine yards done, man. I, Dang. I I, uh, I got one of these fancy rock bouncers because out here in the East Coast, uh, that's what it's all about. dude. The rock bouncing is taking over. Got the that's nice uh, Tennessee cut on the tires. Everything's yeah. really. I'm I'm doing some work on some suspension. So that's I got a awesome. nice uh, limit strap. That's a zip tie. Nice. But that's what I'm looking forward to next, man. Is Dude, I'm at, we got to do it. That custom, custom, fully done, 124 right. scale, and then uh, a 124 scale bouncer. That's it, man. Come on. Someone has the chassis. They sell those chassis, the little 124 bouncer chassis. Yeah, I just, I'm just waiting to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get one for mine whenever I get the 124. Gonna car, but you're gonna have to get two. One to use the bouncer chassis. One to use my chassis. Yeah, that's that's fine. How about this? If you send me the plans, I'll have it. I'll have it three D printed. I got a buddy who works. I'll, I'll send you the file. You can print it. Sweet. Uh, he'll print it in carbon fiber for me. He's mentioned to do that yeah. a couple times. Aluminum. That would be cool too. Beefy. Yeah, that would. But I mean, I'm not paying for it. Go for it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be paying for the carbon fiber version either. He was doing yeah. it as a favor. So oh, we'll see how that works out. But cool. Uh, Dude, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's yeah, been, thanks for having me. It's been almost two hours of like a really good time, man. It's actually, yeah, right. When you it's jump good, in here, time just good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. That's well, awesome. what we'll do, man, is uh, we'll close out the broadcast and then we'll hang out for a sec after the fact. And uh, yeah, that sure. dude, thanks for being on the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for everyone for uh, joining. Thanks for having me. Of course, always a good time. Good, good catching up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll close it out here and uh, thanks.
show is the best. Today's show is brought to you, first and foremost, by Supergrip ATV. Uh, Supergrip ATV, I'm going to give a little testimonial here. I went riding this weekend after not riding for about a month. Um, my tires in my garage, just call it what it is, they, they lost a little bit of air. So I ended up airing three out of the four tires up on my rig. And uh, that, that fourth tire, um, to, to circumvent the story a little bit here, um, did not have as much air in it as I thought. The cool thing about the Kevlar and the super strong sidewalls is that uh, they, they look really, it looks like it has more air because the, the sidewall is actually holding the vehicle up. It's such a strong, durable tire. Um, get it into the rocks, got it in a, between a rock and a hard place and another sharp rock. And I find out very quickly that that tire probably has about two, maybe three pounds of PSI in there. I got that tire so bent up and torn and I thought I was going to get a pinch in the bead and I mean I was barely, I was riding on the wheel basically. Um, I thought I had trashed the tire and I was personally, had already told myself, okay you lost the front one, you know, make it where the rear doesn't have the same fate. I was already decided I lost the first tire, just don't lose the second one. So I did everything I could exact same story with the rear tire um thought i had lost it so end up hobbling it back to the trail i borrow a buddy's compressor next thing i know that this super grip atv canine tire with kevlar in it that's a big distinction here um airs back up after being just ravaged and pinched and all kinds of messed up airs it back up about 10 12 pounds back in it and it's still holding about 10 pounds as of today, I really can't say that I would ever expect a tire to uh, live during that abuse. So just another testament of how much I believe in those tires. Um, pretty much ran it through flat on some of the most gnarly hill, sharp rocks, bad situation I got myself into. Um, just, a, just a rough spot and those tires really shined. So very glad to have those guys and also very glad to be promoting a product that kicks ass. So... That being said, the next sponsor is DinoJet Research Inc. Uh, DinoJet has something that's really cool. They have a Power Vision tuner. Now, this tuner is applicable to UTVs, Sea-Doo's, jet skis, motorcycles, trucks, uh, dirt bikes, everything that you can think of. UTVs, obviously. Um, the Power Vision is a powerhouse fuel tuner made to optimize your power for more speed on the racetrack. Better fuel efficiency on your commute, there's your truck application. The Power Vision is able to hold multiple tunes at one time. So a lot of times, aftermarket assassins, uh, you know, a, a Beekman performance, a lot of these guys, they will actually um, use this Power Vision to, to basically install their own tune. So every time you buy a tune from aftermarket assassins or something like that, the DynaJet Power Vision 3 is the delivery mechanism. I bought mine directly from DinoJet, and it came preloaded with their tunes for my manufacturer, uh, manufactured exhaust. It was great. Helped me fix some shift points. A lot more pep in my step. I'm very, very, very glad to have DinoJet on board. Um, I purchased the DinoJet Stage 2 kit, which comes with the Power Vision 3 tuner. It also comes with a clutch kit. Uh, that was an excellent choice to go ahead and knock both of those things out at one time. Really don't regret that at all. Roadside changes are a snap because it can help, it can hold multiple tunes. It can also monitor and track your progress to really get your engine roaring. So really great to have those guys. DinoJet Research Inc. on Facebook. DinoJet Research on 
Instagram, and Dinojet.com. Third is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Uh, Chris is actually at the Ultra 4 race this weekend, and we are so stoked because he's there for your last-minute needs. If you need uh, some valving change, if you need some tuning change, if you need an emergency shock servicing, something bad happens, I would argue that Chris even may have some on-hand inventory or have a way to get you a shock in the event of a worst-case scenario. But if you're still looking for tuning, if you're still looking for servicing, anything last minute, uh, outside the shocks, inside the shocks, um, and even not related to the shocks, Chris is on site at a little venue just outside AOP. I mean, I say just outside. It's like right next to the uh, parking lot. So he's right there ready to go if you're headed to the race this weekend. I highly recommend if you run into any kind of issues or you need any parts, tools, anything like that, go bother Chris. Tell him Racing on the Rock sent you. He'll appreciate that. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is actually working on a set of shocks for my Razor right now. Um, he needed some time to do some R&D and kind of just get in there and, and really get the guts of those things and, and, and get his hands on them. Uh, so I sent him a, a set of shocks, and he's been working on those. He's now built the tools to get them all apart, to do everything that he needs to do to them. Uh, it's really great. I can't wait to get those shocks back from Diddy's Big Block Race Shop because I know that they're going to be unparalleled and they're going to be so much better than what I'm currently running right now. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, next is All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV, dude, Dustin Robbins is the man. He's recently just jumped into the X3 short course stuff. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to Dustin this weekend as you're going out. Dustin, if you're listening, have a great race, man. Uh, but... He owns allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. This is pretty much your one-stop shop for everything hard parts on your on your UTV. Um, one thing that's super great is the Razor Aid Tender Springs uh, and the Tender Spring upgrades for all the cars, specifically the Razors. What it does is the top spring that's completely collapsed on your machine as of right now. Dustin at All Things UTV makes an aftermarket setup that actually turns your Razor suspension into a dual rate system. Very, very, very huge upgrade to the stocks of springs. Um, if you go and, and you know you had 500 bucks to make an adjustment, you know outside of safety measurements, I'm going to tell you that this is the very first thing that you should do. Also, some inner fender liners. Basically, the the piece of plastic that is in front of your feet on your UTV. Um, it's just plastic. So if you're going pretty fast and you have a sharp branch come through, that sharp branch is going to come through and hit you in the legs. Dustin makes um, steel inner fender liners that are completely molded, welded, and perfectly fit to line the inside of those wheel wells to keep you safe from incoming debris. I have those on my machine as well as the tender springs, both adjustments or both are upgrades I will always have on my machines just because of how amazing they are. Really have nothing but positive things to say about those and all the interactions I have with all things UTV. Super dude, super company, really glad to have those guys on board. And last but not least, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is your one-stop shop for lighting, whether it be UTVs, Jeeps, trucks, uh, rock lights, LED lighting, everything you can think of. They have a 25-year, you break it, they replace it, unavoidable warranty. Absolutely amazing. Uh, they are experiencing a slight delay on some times, 
uh, due to the component supply related to the COVID-19. But I'll tell you this, I ordered some parts here recently. Uh, I was able to go actually to his house and pick them up in just a couple of days. Uh, he's getting the turnaround as fast as he can. Things that are really, really cool are the Infinite Off-Road Rocklight Kits. They're the only Rocklight Kit on the entire market that actually includes a dedicated white LED that, that, that doesn't combine colors to make white. Uh, it's kind of bonkers that that's not already like everywhere, but this just shows you how superior Infinite Off-Road is. He also has whips, wheel rings, light bars, light pods, wiring and power controllers for your UTV, Jeep, and truck applications. InfiniteOffRoad.com, Infinite Offroad on Facebook and Instagram. He's such a believer in the show that he gives everybody 10% off. Code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S at checkout. will get you 10% off 